What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Also, check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Um, I'm so happy uh, to have everybody who listens. And thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble and reminisce about crazy old stories. I am sober now, but it is still one of my favorite things to do to hang out with someone and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Matt. Bowman! Hey, dude. What's going on? What's up, brother? Oh, I'm hanging out, dude. Um, plug everything up front, because I know you have a podcast. I know you got a lot going on. Cool. Any shows, this will come out in 10 days. So any shows you can remember off the top of your head? Sure. I mean, I'm at the Grizzly Pear Comedy Club most nights of the week. Um, so that's down in Greenwich Village. Check that out. Um, I also do a lot of shows at Three Monkeys, which is right here in Midtown. Okay. Um, that's a bar show run by Sheba Mason. I do that a lot. Um, and then my podcast is Matt Bowman is Bothered. <laughs> and yeah. what is that about, Matt? Oh, man. Uh, it's really just where I do a lot of charity work. No, it's <laughs> really give back. No, it's really just uh, me complaining about things because I think that the one thing the podcasting world needed was another white guy yelling about complaining shit. about yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what that's... I was like. I saw a need and I'm like, I'm going to fill that for the people. There's a void. A, a clear void, dude. A chasm, I would say. <laughs> it is vast. I wanted to bring you on because uh, we run into each other all the time over at the pair yeah. and um, we're always hanging out. And so I wanted to bring you on, uh, kind of get to know you, how you got into comedy, and then you do have some crazy stories that I definitely wanted to get into. Sure. But before we get too far into it, you've lived in New York now for how long? Got here fall of 2019. Okay. So right before everything went, went to, to shit. shit. Yeah. And where did you come from? Uh, I came from Columbus, Ohio, which is where I started comedy, originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. So from Midwest. the nasty natty. Yeah, baby. Flying pigs, 513. There you That's go. what it is. <laughs> All right. Um, so how did you, have you always been into performing or how did you get into stand, especially in Ohio? Because yeah. the last few comics I've had on like Kevin Sanchez and Joshua Pallad and then uh, I had Gastor on, mm-hmm. they're all from New York. Sure. So like the last few comics I've had on, it's been like, well, you know, they grew up around it. Mm-hmm. They could easily find mics wherever they were. When you're in Ohio, what, first of all, what, what drove you to move to Columbus. And then once you got there, what what was the trigger to get you to start doing stand-up? So moving to Columbus, I went to a small Christian school for college. Like I was I was gonna of, say Ohio yeah. State, but I was like, you don't have the, no, the Ohio I don't State have, vibes. Dude, honestly, because I've gotten I've gotten less religious. I still think I am probably probably lean religious, but like at graduating high school, I was like, Oh, if I go to Ohio State, I'm gonna get mixed in with the wrong people. I'm not gonna get focused. I wanna Okay, so you grew up in a very yeah, yeah, religious not, environment. Pr- not like fucking like Westboro Baptist, yeah. but like Fairly religious, mm-hmm. like uh, we went to church every Sunday and Wednesday, that type of thing, prayed before every meal, that type of thing. Um, 
So, and my mom went to the same school that I went to, and a bunch of my friends, all of my friends growing up were at church. They weren't really at school. Yeah, that's how you met your friends, right? Yeah, church. yeah. And so, like, a lot of them were going there. So I was like, okay, well, let's just go there. They had a good business program, which is what I majored in, um, and I'm using it incredibly well right now. <laughs> um, no, I have a joke where I said, I, I, I'm on stage, and I'm like, I have my MBA, and this is how it's going. This, <laughs> this moment here with you. You really do have an MBA? Yeah, I have my MBA. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I wasted so much money. Yeah, I've got two uh, but it's all right. too, and I'm like, hey, let's wait tables and do stand up. Exactly, dude. Do yeah, um, yeah. You convince yourself it's gonna be like, no, it's this is a good fallback. It's just like, no, dude, you've been doing stand up for five years. There's no fallback. It's at this so point. interesting <laughs> you say that because one, all my friends have super, like, had I gotten a job right out of college, I would have been on track with all my friends. Yeah. But I waited because I was, you know, the listeners know, but I was getting, I was beyond getting fucked up. Like I was already full blown into my alcoholism by the time I was like halfway through college, let alone at the end of it. So I was like, I'll just wait tables and survive. Uh And I remember thinking like when I met my ex-fiance. What a sentence. That's great. She wanted me to get a regular job because she was a teacher Uh at the time. And I was like, all right, cool. And so now I'm like almost... So I'm like 27, 28, applying mm-hmm. for these entry level positions at offices. Yeah, and they're like, all right, well, and this is in Florida, so they're like, we're going to start you off at twenty seven thousand a year. Then you'll get a five percent raise every three to five years, and da da da. And I was like, oh, I'm so far behind. Yeah, like I owe more than that. Yeah, like I can't. And I, because all my friends got these jobs when they were fresh out of college and they could get forbearances on their loans and they were living with roommates and then they steadily, you know, started making more and more and got promoted. So now they're 28 making like 75 a year. Right. And they're like, oh, we're going to start you around 30. And I'm like, oh no. No. Oh no. Not at all. So I just stayed waiting tables. Yeah. And now I'm too far in. No. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well there's, there's one way and it is this way and I have to keep going forward. If you have a plan B, you never had a plan A. Exactly, dude. That's, dude, you're right. But I was very similar. Like I was because I I've always been a personable person. But whatever I yeah. I've liked talking to people. I can do that pretty well. And so my parents were always like, "You'd be good in business. You'd be sales, really good at sales." Business, yeah, yeah. Me too. So me too. A buddy of mine that was two years older than me in college, he graduated and got a sales job doing inside ticket sales for the Miami Dolphins. So he was down in Miami, and I hit him up, and I was like, "Hey, is there any chance that you guys are like like uh, interviewing or like looking for stuff?" He's like, "Not really right now, but I'll let you know." And then like the spring semester of my senior year of college he was like hey we've got some openings i'm gonna try to get you an interview get me an interview they fly me down to miami i interview for the dolphins i go through two rounds of interviews there i'm feeling really good yeah and then they're like okay let uh we'll let you know by like the end of next week or whatever heard nothing from them so like i'm convinced that if i had if they had given me that job i would not be here totally right now not at all not at all because it was, I've always liked to make people, this is a very roundabout way to answer your original yeah, question. I've always liked making people laugh. I've joked, I've joked that it's like the only thing that I've ever really been good at is doing that. I or like, say that too. I think, Bur- I think Burr has a thing where he was just like, when he was thinking about doing comedy, he was like, I never knew that it was really a job. I just thought that I would be the funny guy at whatever job yeah. I did. Like if it Working was in the a warehouse contractor, or, yeah. warehouse, sale, whatever, I'd be the funny guy. It's interesting you say that because I was introduced to comedy at a pretty young age and I thought the same thing Mm -hmm. because I would watch Tom Roach and Mitch Hedberg and Greg Giraldo and I'd be like these guys are hilarious but like I can't do that. You did, and you didn't know that you could just do it. And I well and I say it all the time and then when I saw Dane Cook's Comedy Central Presents I was like Oh, I want to do that. Like yeah. I can do that. Like the crazy rip the shirt sure. off, throw the wall. I was like, that's me. That's what yeah. I do. I do shit like that. Yeah. I think everybody has like their person that they saw and they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now this is accessible. Who was it for you? 
the first guy that I saw, the first three, it's such a weird like triumvirate of people that I was introduced to. The first guy was Seinfeld, okay. Um, which we watched. He has a bit about Halloween and growing up, um, my parents and our like family best friends, they all liked Seinfeld a lot. And yeah. so every Halloween we would go trick or treating, and then we would come back and watch his special. Um, I'm telling you for the last time, okay, where he has the Halloween bit, yeah. And that was like the first memory I have of watching stand up. You're the second person, believe it or not, really, hundred something episodes. You're the second person who grew up in a religious background that and was it first introduced to Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Yeah. of course dude and that, that given you're only the second person that grew up in a religious background yeah. <laughs> but both had something in common. absolutely Luke Thayer and you well that's funny is that like when people this is very quick aside but like when you when you're trying to sell tickets for shows and people are like who's on the show that I hate that question because they're literally looking for four people yeah like I could say anybody that's really good and unless I say like Seinfeld Kevin Hart or Don Rickles like they're not they're gonna not know gonna... who people it is at my restaurant job when I because sometimes I'll steer the conversation if mm-hmm. I have a show coming up to like oh I just moved to New York and they're like oh what brought you to New York and I say comedy and I've right. done the bits on stage where it, it falls flat and it, like I embarrass myself but I do that with you know I I see hundreds of people a day, so I'm always sure. pushing, you know, the sh- the podcast and the shows and stuff. And there's so often, so often, where people go, "I love comedy." Who's your favorite comic? And I go, "Well, right now, I, I, I would probably have to say Bill Burr." Uh-huh. And they go, oh, "I don't know him." Oh. And I'm like, "Then you don't love comedy, yeah. dude. You can't say I love comedy." Who's your favorite, Bill Burr? Oh, you don't. know. What about Tom Segura? No. He just bought a six million dollar house in Austin. He's pretty well known. It's crazy how stand up has never been more popular. Yeah. The medium of stand up comedy, it's to the point that it act it feel it feels bloated. Like there feels like there's it, too much. Yeah. But it's still so niche. I overheard two girls down in Greenwich Village, two girls having a conversation where one of them said verbatim, Dave Chappelle is black, right? Holy shit, dude. How big do you need to be? Biggest Nobody's comic bigger than him. Alive. Yeah. Nobody's bigger than bigger, him. Biggest comic probably ever. Maybe ever. Yeah. And people are like, he's he's African American, right? I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? It's so- crazy too, because last aside, uh I'll go to the cellar because I hang out at the stand a lot because it's right around the corner from right. my work. And that's where I've got to meet like a lot of people. I had a lot of guests on the show from there and stuff. So I hang out there a lot. But every once in a while, I'll be like, I need to go down to the cellar just to like go grab food or hang out with mm-hmm. some of the comics that I do know down there. And it's so funny because it is so niche. People will see me at the cellar and mm-hmm. I'll be wearing like my merch or I'll just have like a backpack on and they think they, – they look and everybody does like a double and triple take. Like is that someone we should know? Is right. that is that right. – and I love playing that up. Yeah. Like certain comics will walk by that I've, I've met like maybe once but I'll act like we're best friends. So yeah. then they see me with a comic they just saw on stage and they're like, that's got to oh be a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's or, my favorite thing. Do or have you ever had like – friends that like maybe aren't that into comedy and they like visit you in the city and you like see like a in a very important guy but that isn't like huge i don't know like colin quinn yeah like i was with buddies and i was like holy shit dude, that's fucking colin quinn and they're like who and i'm like oh that's right okay so you yeah don't it makes it. me so mad because yeah. sometimes my girlfriend will have her friends come into town and i through some of the people i've met and people i've kind of like befriended and stuff like if they want to go see comedy i've got you know, I know enough people to where I can just text someone and be like, hey, can we come to the show tonight? And they'll be like, yeah, tickets will be waiting for you. Sure. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And again, it goes back to the growing up around people in sales and business where mm-hmm. you we know how to talk to people. So many of these young, young open micers I meet and they're like, how did you like meet Hannah Burner and get on her TikTok? I go, I don't know. We were talking at the stand one night yeah. and she was a division one athlete and so was I and we hit it off and we just are friends now. Yeah. They're like, oh, really? Or like sometimes they'll come in 
to the stand and they'll see me and they'll be like, hey man, what's up? And they'll sit down next to me just like this the whole time on their phone. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how you you're meet not people. Ha- you're not hanging. Yeah. I'm going to go hang at a show. Most people mean I'm going to go sit in the corner of the show. On and my like, phone. And it's just like, okay, well, you're not going to meet anybody. Yeah, because I it's so often people, like uh, younger people who are out, like not really in the know, they're like, how did you, you've only been here for a year. Like, how do you know this person and that person? I go, I don't know. I just talk to people. Yeah, just- and I genuinely love comedy and they can see that. Yeah, and we've be all a been, nice guy. Yeah, we've all been through similar experiences. Yeah. But it, it's interesting because um, it's just so crazy because we'll go to shows and afterwards, like if it's Mike Rowland or Caitlin Palufo or Steven Rogers, like I'll be talking to people. All of those guys and mm-hmm. girls have been on the show, all friends of mine. I'll be talking to them after. And they were just on the lineup. Yeah. And then we'll cut the, like my girlfriend will come outside with her friends and they go, oh, are you a comic too? I'm like, you just yeah. saw them. <laughs> Dude, and that's how – oh, man. It's insane to me that before the internet, anybody was able to have a career. It's Because nuts. you be, – have you ever have you ever had it where you get off stage and somebody comes up to you and is like, oh, my God, I love that joke. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. Which one was it, by the way? And they say somebody else's bit. Oh, yeah. And you're like, so you don't even fucking know who you're talking to. Yeah. You that's why I'm hell-bent – and we were talking about this before we w- went hot on the mics, but I am hell-bent on having something to say and then trying to make it funny. Sure. Because it's like – whether you laugh or not, you're going to remember the fucking story about me cutting my own face open sure. to prove a point in a fight. Like, I think I've made it very funny, but if you don't laugh because you're like, oh, that's scary or that's intense, uh-huh. that's on you. But you're still going to remember sure. you're the guy who cut his own face open. Yeah. And I think I, I like that more. I guess when I the point that I was making was more about like – I, I feel like a lot of times people are like, I'm just going to go up and say my political opinion and people are going to enjoy that and then I'm going to leave without it saying any jokes. Yeah. I'm So I'm more like, if you want to have a political leaning, that's totally fine. But, but for me, I would prefer it to be funny first and then you attach your belief or you're smart or whatever. Absolutely. That's That that was the only point. Yeah, because we were going back and forth because I, I've always, and the listeners know, I'm incredibly pretentious when it comes to comedy. That's me why sometimes too. I have to like stop going to the mics for like a week at a time because- I don't – I've only been in New York for a year and I don't get enough stage time as I need mm-hmm. to keep developing. So I do go to the mics a lot. And my whole rule with mics is I only go if I have something new to work on. Sure. Which ipso facto forces me to constantly be working on new stuff sure. because I want to go to the mics and hang out and yeah. see everybody. But it's weird because my whole thing is like it's – like we were talking about before. Like I, you know, I study Lenny Bruce. I'm a big fan of that kind of style where it's like it's our jobs – as comics using our platform to challenge the status quo like Mm -hmm. that's what we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. in a funny way in a lighthearted way but it's basically my whole thing is to shine a light on really dark situations situations I've been in firsthand and I know sometimes that's not for everybody and I totally get that it's not a broad thing Yeah. but this goes back to what we were talking about with the internet because of the internet I don't Kyle Kinane says it, and I repeat it all the time, but I don't need everyone. True. I just need enough to fill a room. Yeah, I heard- That's it. I, I heard, uh, do you know Jamie Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> I heard a clip of him. He said something where he was like, oh, if if you want to make a career out of this, all you need is 10,000 people to like you. Yeah. You get 10,000 people. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be a mate. You're not going to be super famous, you're, but you will make a living at stand-up comedy if you can get just 10,000 people to like you. And that's that's and that's, a, that's about it. And I tell people all the time, they go, well, what do you think? You're going to be like rich and famous? I go, I don't want to be. Yeah. I just I just want to be able to make people laugh at some of the like horrific shit that addicts and alcoholics and people down on their yeah. luck and people with mental health issues go through on a daily basis. I want to be able to flip that on its head and make people laugh at that. Sure. Well, and I think that there's like when it comes to – shit, I had two points. Uh, first one was 
Yeah, talking about like random different topics or like things that are inappropriate or taboo or whatever. Colin Quinn had a thing where he said he was just like uh, somebody. Somebody told him he's like, oh, well, you shouldn't say that. And he's like, oh yeah, that's why I got into comedy to march in lockstep with society's <laughs> norms. It's like, no, I'm a fucking degenerate, dude. I'm gonna talk about whatever I want, and that's the freedom of this. Um, and I don't remember my second point. Well, but if that you was, think yeah. of it, yeah. If I think of it, I'll come back. You're to gonna it. be like, hey, hey, um, well, we got a big point. So you go to Columbus to go to college. Yep. And then how did you get into stand-up? Um, so I did sketch. You said Seinfeld was the first one. There's two Sein- others. Seinfeld, and then uh, the first guy I saw live was Regan. Okay. Which he, I, I, I feel like I hear a lot of other people say this. I don't think he gets nearly as much credit. Absolutely. For he's so, He's been touring theaters for 30 years. Just doing- Big party animal, too. Rushing it, dude. Walking around, he's the band, dude. I love that guy. Um, and then the last one was Tosh. Okay, Tosh was, I think, and that was like for I don't know how old are you? 34. Okay, I'm 29. So I feel like people my age and maybe a little bit of yours as well, like I feel like people maybe you and people older than me, it was Dane Cook, yeah. And then for people my age, it was like it was Tosh. Tosh, yeah. Absolutely. His hours came out, and then he got Tosh.0, and yep. then it was all of that. And I was like, oh man, he's because the other two guys. Yeah, you're actually right now that I'm thinking about it. Everyone in high school, when I was in high school, this is because Dane was the first comic to put his stuff out on Napster. Yeah. He'd reply, and I told this last week or the week before. Dane to this day still replies to everybody on. So I remember just real quick, I got into comedy and I messaged Dane on like Facebook or in MySpace back then because mm-hmm. this was 09. Message me back. Good job. Keep doing it. Things happen. Go to rehab. Go to jail. Like I get totally fucked up. Come out of rehab in 2013. Message him. Hey, man, just got out of rehab. Like, I'm going to get back on the horse. And he doesn't remember me or know who I am, but I'm, like, still communicating with him. Sure. He's like, great, man. Glad you stopped drinking. You know, just keep working at it, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Fucking fall off the wagon. Come back. In 2021, message him, like, hey, man, going to move to New York. My point is, still, to this day, always replies. Damn. That's awesome, dude. Keep working at it. Like, hopefully we'll cross paths in New York, yada, yada. And I'm like... This is insane, but that's how he made his career, and that's for people my age. Now, fast forward, you know, five, six more years, Tosh comes out, and this was the first time anyone had seen anything like this. Like, yeah. he's attacking everybody. Yeah, or, like, people my age had seen stuff like that. I mean, because, oh, like, yeah. older guys, like, I mean, like, Kinnison, or, I mean, he was, I mean, you want to talk about punching down. That yeah. guy was <laughs> making fun of fucking people that starving in Africa. Like, yeah. that was whatever. Um, I guess what I'm saying is for that generation, yes, it yes, was. Yes, 100%. Because I remember being in elementary school and hearing about Dan Cook, but still, being a little bit religious and not really doing it like I didn't really know that but yeah. then like when you got we got cable later on Comedy Central you see Tosh and you're like oh my god who is this guy yeah. that's, that's pretty cool um, you got so, him because you're st- you got him because you're a whore <laughs> you forgot because you're stupid mm, beer in a can <laughs> <laughs> I love fake titties he's the man dude um, but yeah got it so those were the three guys that like kind of was the introduction into okay. comedy for me and then did sketch in college but then, even then, like, I mean, I graduated college in 2016, and I remember getting done doing sketch in college and kind of being like, well, that's the last time I'm ever going to be on a stage performing for people. Because oh, even wow. then, I didn't know you that you could no just idea. go do it. An open mic, yeah. And then, like, I was just... Uh, Are you listening to podcasts and stuff at this point? Uh, Yeah, kind of, but not... Because that opened the door for a lot of people. Yeah, they absolutely. Heard, they heard these veteran comics talking about, like, you go to open mics, you grind it out. Then we had this influx of kids at open mic or people at open mics and you're like yeah you're not gonna be rogan like you're not gonna be segura like you're not gonna be 
And if you if you are, it's not going to be nearly as quick as you think. It's yeah, gonna it's going to take 10, 15. To, that's always always crazy to me when people are like, they're an overnight success. It's like I've been a fan of theirs for 15 years. Yeah, like, what are you, what talking, are you talking about? about? There's literally uh, I mean, there's very rare instances. But I think Bargatze's quote was like, you either make it at 20 or 40. Okay, he's like, yeah. you're either going to hit right away like an Eddie Murphy or like a Mulaney or somebody yeah. who's just like, you're it and you've got it. Boom, bam. Or you're going to be like a Louis or a Burr where you're going to crush it and you're going to be a comedian's. Ever, people that are in the know no, know that you're really yeah. good, but you're not going to pop until later type of a thing. I like that because yeah. that gives me some hope. Absolutely. You need it, dude. Yeah. You got to you gotta keep the self-delusion somehow. There's so many times you go to a show and it's like all these kids in their like early 20s mm-hmm. and they're some of them are really good and then some of them they're doing hack garbage, but everyone's laughing because it's hack garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, I think this might have passed me by. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I'm yeah. – I think I'm aged out. Yeah, and then you're on the train and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? I can't. I don't have anything. Um, I have my MBA. Um, (laughs) What am I I doing? What's with this elapse in job history? It's your moment. Well, you see, funny story. Yeah, you ever heard of the grisly pair? Um, (laughs) I know I'm in Detroit right now, but it's a great club. No, it is a good club. I love going there. Um, But yeah, so those three guys and then- And then you get done with college. You're done with sketch. Yeah. And so then I was, I just started watching like comedy specials because I graduated and while I was getting, the way I got my MBA was I was a graduate assistant. Okay. So I didn't really, but I wasn't working like a full time thing. So I kind of like worked in the cafeteria and then did some grad assistant work. So I still had a lot of free time and I still lived in the small town of Mount Vernon where I went to college. I know Mount Vernon. So there wasn't a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Wasn't a lot of stuff doing there. So I was just kind of watching comedy specials and then I was like, okay, maybe I could try to do this. And so I just Googled like, comedy open mics columbus which is like an hour i would live like an hour north of columbus yeah and so there was one i didn't want to drive down every night because i didn't have any money and i couldn't use all that gas but i was like okay i'm gonna start going one night a week one night a week i'm gonna go down there and the first night that i actually did comedy i had thought about going for a while and then i could just never i pussied out every single time that happens and then but the way that i did it i was like okay i'm gonna make plans with two friends to meet, Accountability. we're going to meet at this bar yep. where there's an open mic and I'm going to do it. So now I can't not go because then I'd be canceling. And so I force myself to do it and I sign up on the list. There's like 30 fucking people <sighs> on the list. I'm like 29th and I'm like fucking perfect. That's great. I might even watch half of it. Get a feel for the room. Exactly. I might want, and the, dude, we're doing five minutes also. Like ah. this isn't this isn't a three minute mic, it's a five minute mic. So I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to be here for two hours. I'm just going to watch everything. It's going to be great. I didn't know they re- I didn't know they shuffled the list. Oh. So, yeah. So I sign up and I'm just sitting there in the audience with my two friends, totally expecting it to be like 29th. I'm going to be on in two hours. And then there, the guy who's hosting, great guy, his name's Doug, very gay. He gets up there and says, well, this is a name I've never heard before. So let's put our hands together for Matt Bowman. And I was like, oh my God. And then like ran on stage. Oh, so you you committed. I had to do, like, yeah. but it was, it was ultimately the best thing for me because I think- if I had if I had waited around, I might have left. Yeah, but the fact that I they I just went up like eighth, and it was great. I, I did. How did the set go? Not bad. Wasn't awesome. Got a couple laughs. I you know what's did annoying? Did you pull the? Uh, this is my first time ever doing stand up out. Oh, I you had. I we probably did. Yeah. That's the thing is like I hear guys talk about like oh what was the first joke that you said on set or what was the first I legitimately can't remember. Like I don't I remember mine and it was horrific. Ooh, what was it? Have you said it before? I, I think I've said it on this. The first joke I ever wrote, this is when I was like drunk all the time and I got done playing football and I wanted – I wasn't a bro guy because I was raised mm-hmm. by women. I, so I was very not bro 
but I was like, that's what people want to hear is the ex-athlete talk like locker room right. broey. So my first joke, one of the first jokes I ever wrote was, uh, you know, it'd be a really sad day if my girlfriend ever got raped, but that is considered cheating. So we'd have to break up. <laughs> and it was terrible. I'm not going to lie. I don't not like that. <laughs> I mean, the structure. It, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. The misdirect, the structure. Yeah. But I, so I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what, it, but I remember that it went well. Yeah. Well enough that I was like, okay, I can kind of do this. Um, so yeah, I just kept going back every Monday night. And oh, that, so you, that was your mic that you started going. That was the mic that it was the Shrunken Head in Columbus, Ohio. The Shouts bar, out Shrunken Head, dude. Bar just closed. Uh, ah. Yeah, it really bummed me out. Like I'm still on the Columbus Comics Facebook page, um, and they were like, "Hey, Shrunken Head's closing. We'll get we'll have like one more thing." And Are I, you flying back for that, or I, is it already? It already happened. I wasn't ah. able to go back. Um, Imagine if you show up. Yeah, just, I'm out front just Big by timer. myself. Yeah, you guys don't remember what this place used to be. Um, Do you go? Are, so your family are they still in Cincinnati? Yeah, so suburb of Cincinnati, Westchester, Ohio. Okay. Um, so they're all still there. My yeah, my brother um, and sister both moved home because they're doing like. Uh, doing some like after graduation school stuff and okay. they're working on like getting jobs and stuff but yeah my family's lived there so you do that what prompts you to move to new york um, you're doing comedy once a week and then you just decide. so i'm moving so i'm doing comedy once a week and then that went on for about three or four months and then i got done with my uh, graduate assistant program mm -hmm. and got my mba yeah so then i got a couple friends and we moved to columbus okay and so then i was i didn't have a girlfriend i didn't have anything so, so you I'm were just doing, doing it every night and what do you what job are you working at this point marketing okay so i was using so you're my still degree doing a job yeah absolutely okay. absolutely so i'm doing and columbus is a great scene um, it's not super big, but it's a great place to start. Yeah. Um, so we had a, at least one mic every night, um, bar shows, things like that. So I would do every single, I would do a mic every night or two if they were available. Um, which honestly there, that kind of pissed me off is there were a couple nights where there were two mics and Same everybody time. would go to the first one and then nobody would like go to the second one. I'm like, what are you fuck? What are you doing? You got to go to both. Do you guys not want to do this? Yeah. And like, it would make me mad and it still kind of does, but I guess I've been trying to, been trying to let go of some anger. I've had a friend, I had a friend on the spot, like the fifth or sixth episode of this podcast. I think it was the 10th. My buddy, Stephen Baker, very funny comic from Jacksonville. Cause yeah. I used to get so angry uh -huh. when people would get on stage and like, I'm wasted. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. Then get the fuck off the stage. Yeah. Like you're wasting all of our time. hundred percent. This is important to some of us. And Steve, even told me, he goes, you know, Brennan, it's a lot like karaoke. There are some people who go and take it real seriously yep. and they're musicians and this is their opportunity mm -hmm. to get used to singing in front of crowds and get used to singing on key and stuff like that. And for other people, they like to go get wasted and just make an ass of themselves yep. in front of their friends. He goes, it's the same thing. Right. And that's when it kind of hit me because when I go do karaoke, I like make a big spectacle. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, yeah, I guess it's just like a hobby thing for yeah, some people. Yeah, and if, if that's where your friends are and you kind of want to just go have a couple of drinks, say some jokes, and that's what you want to do in your free time, that's great. In the moment, though, I get so Oh, angry. I'm so – especially at like – the because the Shrunken Head was the best mic. Yeah. It was the best mic in the – there was actual audience. Yeah, yeah, like, I see that all get, the time. You in get Jacksonville, 10, there 10 was 20 audience. people yep. for an open mic. It was yeah, yeah. Especially if you go up in like the first 10 – People are there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it would especially piss me off when, like, I sign up and I'm trying to take this seriously. And then I get, like, out of – sometimes he would rig it a little bit. But a lot of times he was pr very fair and just, like, would put people all over. So if I was, like, buried, like, in the list and there was a bunch of fucking jerk-offs earlier in the show. Everyone like, would get walked. Yeah. I'm so like, by the time you get up there, it's, like, six Okay, comics. so get out of my way. That's yeah. where I would be like, dude, I'm trying to work on this. Get out of my way. That, that still happens now. Sure. 
sometimes at mics here. And yeah. we're in New York. Like people paid a lot of money to like uproot their lives and move here for yeah. comedy. And I think sometimes what happens is people get here and they realize it's a lot harder. Uh, Billy Hockman said it once he, on the show. He goes, it's like playing on all Madden mode. Oh, like yeah. Like you think like, oh, yeah, we're going to just do it. And then you do it and you're like, this isn't fun. No. <laughs> like this isn't fun. I'm getting beat 32 to nothing. Like I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. And I think that happens to some people, but they still go to mics to go to mics, and like that's what they muscle memory. That's what they think they're supposed to do. Sure. And sometimes I'll get like you know, there's certain mics where they don't even draw names out of a hat; they just do it randomly. Mm-hmm. And I'll get buried, and I'm like, you see like four or five people go, and you're like, all right, man, like you know who the real people are in this room, sure, and you know who like the people are that we see every once in a while. Like let's sure. let's let's fix this list up a little yeah. bit. And I am another thing because I'm also very pretentious when it comes to comedy, and I can um I can definitely be quite a bit of an asshole about it for sure my girlfriend talks to me about it Mine too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's like you need to stop like, she goes right. she goes why don't you say this i go because it's hack yeah it's disgusting <laughs> and then i'll say it on stage and it gets a big laugh and i go i hate myself oh dude have you ever had it where you run a joke by your girlfriend and she's like that's not funny and you're like fuck you you don't know anything and then and you then, try yeah. it and then they're and all then, of my material <laughs> and then the audience is like that's not funny at all <laughs> and you're like i God damn it. There's sometimes where, like I said, she'll be like, why don't you say this line instead? This is funny. Or why don't you talk about this? And I'm like, no, that's heck garbage. Yeah. And then I get on stage and I'll be bombing and I'll be like, let me just throw this in. And I do. And it gets a big laugh and I go, fucking hate right. heck garbage. I don't know anything. Um, But something I am trying to be better at is, and because I, who, I'm fucking nobody. Yeah. I've got 1,500 followers on it. We I'm, take I'm it nobody. so seriously, but in the grand scheme, I'm nobody. nobody. But like, I do know, like, because you have to walk the line between like the delusion that you're the fucking man and like the the humbleness of just like, okay, I'm nobody. I don't know how to do this. I need to get better type of a thing. You got to walk that line. But, and so the thing that I'm trying to get better at is like being more generous with people that are on stage and sucking yeah because it's just like fucking i suck yeah most of the time and i really used to suck that's true so it's just like okay maybe this guy is only six weeks in and who was good six weeks in yeah let's gotta be now am i gonna not lean over to my buddy and be like like, this guy fucking fucking sucks sucks. yeah of course i am but i'm trying to not hold that against people as much i've actually been big on that too where because i've been in and around comedy, like I got, I did my first open mic in 2009. Wow. So like I've been doing it on and off for a while. And I always say on and off because there were, you know, spaces of a year, two years. My longest time off was three years where I was just drunk every day and like sure. it was a mess and I was in jail. And so like I had taken time off. So I haven't been doing it steady for 12 years, but I have been in and around it for a long time. Yeah. So it's always interesting to me because I'll be at a mic. And it, it does – it means a lot to me when other comics do it and other people doing comedy do it. But like I'll have some of these younger people come up, up to me and they go, hey, man, I was thinking about doing it this way. Like what do you think? Or like they'll do mm-hmm. a bit on stage and I'll like laugh from the crowd because I laugh a lot. And I'll yeah. laugh from the audience and be like, you went for it. Yeah. And they'll get off and they'll be like, yeah, you saw I went for it? You saw I tried it? Yeah. And to me that brings me a lot of – I'm like, oh, I'm like the old Wiley vet. Sure. But then I'll go to the stand and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking nobody. nobody. Dude, that's dude. That's one thing that I do love about the stand is that it feels to me that it's more accessible than like the oh, cellar. It's way more accessible. You can just go. You can go stand in the hallway unless it's super busy and then I get out of the way. Yeah. But like the other night, I went over and hung out and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stay here for like 15 minutes. And then I looked at the lineup and it was like to close out the show. It was List, Soder, Norman, Shane Gillis. Yeah. And I was like, oh well, that's my next hour and a half. I'm just gonna sit and you just watch guys murder yeah and it's to the point where you're like i don't even know what i'm doing 
I, I you just get you get on the train to go home and you're like, well, I could I should quit, at right? The, yeah, that's the only option. At the ten year anniversary, I went to that because. Um, you know, I knew obviously, like I said, I I knew a couple of people there, and so they put me on the list to do the thing, and so I show up with my buddy Matt Fulcher on, and we're sitting there, and it's so loud, and it's like kind of annoying. Mm. And at one point, we because you know we're he's older than me, so we're kind of like, is, is this really? And he's done it; he's been doing the thing for twenty years. He you know opens for Segura, used to open for Tosh on the tours that you guys probably saw him on. Sure. And so he was like, uh, he's like, well, I don't want to get out of here because this is like we're supposed to be here. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to hang. Mm-hmm. So we went downstairs to watch the show. About an hour into it, he he leaves, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go back down. So I walk down, and Shane's there. Uh-huh. And so I start fucking around with Shane because Marshall, a team that used to be in my alma mater's conference, just beat Where'd Notre Dame, Florida Atlantic University. Oh, okay. Oh, go Owls. Yeah. So I, I, I went up to him and just fucking with him. I go, hey, man, how about your boys? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man. Don't worry about it. FAU, we used to get beat by Marshall all the time too. Like, don't I mean, he he's a Notre Dame fan. So oh, it's like, like yeah. I'm really fucking with him. Like comparing my small division one school to his sure. you know, multiple national championship school. I'm like, don't even worry about it, man. He's yeah. like, I don't what the fuck are you even <laughs> talking about, man? And so we're just like joking back and forth. And the point I'm making is like in my head, I'm like, oh, like we're both comics. He's obviously much bigger than me, but he talks about it all the time. Before he got canceled, like no one knew like he was yeah. in our position. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm connecting with someone that I look up to in comedy. And we have similar styles in the sense that yeah. we like to storytell and stuff. Then he gets on – he's like, oh, I'm next. I'm going to go up there. And I was like, all right, cool, man. I'll see you later. And he goes up on stage and just annihilates. And I – and I, same thing. I go, oh, we're not the same. No. Really? Like, he's so much better than me. Yeah. And then the thing that always – that always <laughs> – that moment though, I'm like, we're just buddies talking football. Then he yeah. goes up and annihilates. And I'm like, oh, oh no. God he's, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I got to throw out everything. <laughs> I'm going to vomit. <laughs> the thing that does save me in that moment is that like when I watch one of those guys go up and they are just absolutely murdering. Because like even Shane, like, yes, Shane's not been in it as long as some of the other guys like Norman or Liz, like yeah. Liz has been doing it for 20 years. Um, but he'll go up and, and like just crush. I'm like, OK, that he is crushing, but he's also been doing it for like 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, OK, there is a timing thing. Like put the time you're going to get better. Well, and there all are certain that. times where I'll go on to a show. Like I did the Goon to a Goblin Max Fine show in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and I, I was like, oh, I'm going to do my shit because this is a book show. I can do what I want to do. Sure. And I've been working on sillier stuff through, you know, no fault of my own other comics that are like, hey, man, you're really funny offstage when you're being silly. Like, why don't you bring that on stage? I'm like, that's not what we're doing. Mm. But I've been working on it, trying to get better at it because that's some a flaw that I have. So I get – I go – they call me up and I get on stage and I'm like, I'm going to fucking talk about suicide and addiction and my jokes about that stuff. Mm. And as soon as I look out to the crowd, it's all these hot Brooklyn people and I'm like – so I like really dumb movies. Yeah. But – and like – and I go into that bit mm-hmm. and it gets a big laugh and it's like, oh, yeah. I've been doing this for a decade. Like I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Like if I'm put in a position, I can like turn it on and mm-hmm. be like, all right, let's do let's do the material I don't really love, but I'll play it up and you guys will like it because it's like it's silly material for sure. the every person. And so it's interesting because like sometimes we'll I'll be at shows and people will just bomb and it's like they're not getting off of the hill. Yeah. Like they're doing this material. And it can go either way. You can be like, oh, that's, you know, I'm proud of them for being like, no, this is what I want to fucking do. Mm-hmm. But you can also be like, hey, people paid for tickets for this, man. Like, that's, let's, sure, let's give them a show. Yeah. So it's weird because, like you said, it just comes with time. Like, because I've been doing it for so long, it's like, oh, yeah, like I, I can do it. Like, I can go to open mics and like, yeah, 
crush if I want to. Yeah, but that's not what that's for. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to sound like, oh, yeah, I could just destroy it. Oh, like if it's an open mic where it's a lot of people who haven't heard my actual tight five. Sure. And you're like, oh, these are people. Laugh. These yeah. are people that I would like them to think that I do. I'm yeah. good at comedy. Yeah. They but, will laugh. But you're, if you're doing a if you're doing a three o'clock, whatever, my yeah. bullshit thing. Yeah. I'm going to do new stuff because that's what the point of this. is. That's what. Yeah. That's what we're all doing. So I want to talk to you uh, about kind of how you got into because some of these stories you sent me are pretty intense. Mm hmm. And you said you came up in a, a religious background. Sure. You went to a religion. You went to a Christian college, right? Yep. Four years. <laughs> Mount Vernon Nazarene University, baby. Cougs. So before I, we'll go back and talk about the stolen iPod thing, but first, when did you start drinking? Twenty-one. So my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't. Well, no, okay, that's not true. The first drink I ever had was a Bud Light at a concert in Nashville, spring break of my senior year. And you were twenty. See, yeah, see, yeah, that's it. And the only reason I dr the only reason I was able to do it um, was because when they were checking ID, the guy was checking IDs. It clearly says under twenty one on yeah. my ID. Like it says under twenty one until fucking my birthday. I don't know why I just got like, don't tell him your birthday. Like <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I saw you catch yourself until like, my, my birthday. birthday. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, June first, if anybody's curious. Shout um, out, yeah, Gemini um, gang, gang. Let's go. Um, but he checks it and he like looks at it for a while and doesn't, he like looks at it and it was to the point that I was like, is he not going to fucking let me in? Like, it's not like a 21 plus, like it's 18, 18 plus yeah. to get in. And then he like, cause he puts, you put the X's if you can't drink and just hands me my ID back and stamps my hand. And I was like, fucking hey, dude. All right. And then my friend Josh, who is like. He's twenty, but looks like he's forty-five. Like got he's X's. like a, got a little extra weight on him, fucking a beard, everything, and he gets an X immediately. <laughs> like looks at his ID within ten seconds. He's like, "Doom, doom," and I'm like, "Okay, well." And then, so I just go and I like go up to the bar and I'm like, "Can I have a Bud Light, please?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, why are you being fucking weird, dude?" <laughs> Like I've been a fucking nerd. Yeah, man. And I was just like, dude, don't fuck. You have it. It's fine. Nobody's gonna say anything. Um, I was such an idiot. Like I tried to, um, because it was the first drink I ever had. It was just, it was one of those like, you know, those, uh, they're like the weird shaped bottles where they got the real skinny neck. They're long and skinny. They're kind of like a matte finish on the oh, outside yeah, yeah, of it, yeah. that type of thing. It was one of those. So I just tried to take it with me as like a fucking souvenir. And like the bouncer was like, dude, you can't bring that out of here. Like you can't just bring an open. Put it in the trash. Yeah, yeah. Put throw it. I was like, all right, fine. It's like, no, this is a big moment in my life. Like, <laughs> did you drink it or? Did I did. You? Yeah, yeah, I drank okay. the whole thing. Were you like hammered? No, it just didn't taste how I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, but I did it. And, but, and then the next time I had a drink was like three months later during my, at my birthday. So did you go crazy or? No, I've never had like a problem with alcohol. Like I don't have. Well, not even just from a problem standpoint, but were you like, I'm 21, woo, like doing shots That night, stuff? that night I went with my two best friends. They're now married. Um, Christina and Isaac. Thought and that was going a different way. Yeah. <laughs> we fucked. No. <laughs> No, I thought you were going to be like, my two best friends, they're now married, Josh and John. Josh? Oh, no, they're not gay. Um, I wanted to clear that up. No. Um, well, we go there, and like they buy, obviously, it's my birthday, they buy everything. So we just got like a flight um, just to try a bunch of different stuff. Because again, I'd only had a Bud Light, um, and I tried all of it. The one I liked the most was Blue Moon, which to this day is one of my favorite beers. Um, got that, and then, yeah, we took some shots, and I was a little bit... I wasn't like fucked up, yeah. but I was, I was definitely... So were you the 21 thing? Was that because just the, the background? Yeah, definitely okay. like a religious thing. Because people always think, and I heard, I think I heard 
because I always listen to Rogan when he has comics on because I just like to hang. And I think he was talking about this with Greg Fitzsimmons or somebody about how like it's crazy to think that people don't drink until they're 21. Yeah. And literally I was just listening to this and they're like, yeah, well, that's got to be like like just your upbringing. Yeah, like, I grew sure. up in a heavy drinking family. So like my siblings were partying in high school and I was like, that's Dude, nuts. I This is how religious my household was. I had to – so I tried to be very respectful of – like I never would drink like in my parents' house. Yeah. I, dev- I didn't want to do that. Even after 21. Yes, because it's just like their house, their rules. I get that. That's 100% cool. I'm fair, fine with that. If you were in my house, they'd be like, fucking nerd. Yeah, you pussy. What are you doing? They do now. Yeah. You're not going to drink – you're not going to have one drink? No, yeah. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Thanks. It's like you can see your kids this Thursday, right? Like that's <laughs> just that. Um, my twin sister at my sister's wedding. I love her to death. Shout out Hannah. But my twin sister goes, we're all going out after this. And Savannah, my girlfriend, drinks. Uh-huh. And she had had some drinks. So I was like, ah, we have to get up early for our flight. Like we're probably just going to go back to the room. My twin sister, little buzz, goes, it's called bonding, Brennan. <laughs> we're supposed to bond. And I was like, yeah, we're definitely going back. Yeah, we're not going out now. <laughs> Uh, but I had to explain to my dad what being drunk was like. Oh, he had never been drunk. Never. I don't think he's ever had a sip of alcohol ever. So like, good on him. He man. didn't know that you didn't just get fucked up off of a beer. Like he didn't know. Like he was it like, takes a lot. He was yeah. like, well, how do you know? I was like, I don't know, dude. You fucking just feel it. That's like it's just part. kind of what. You yeah. Just don't know. You never stop. Um. So that like it'll sneak up on you. And he's. He's 50 at that time, you yeah. know, like, so that, that was, that was kind of the relationship that I had with that. But like, no, I never, I so never got really you, fucked up. <clears throat> have, have you since college and everything, have you gotten really fucked up? Sure. Of okay. course. But it's never, it's always a treat. Yeah. I've never, like when I, even when I was in, um, even when I was in college or like in grad school or whatever, I would like I had friends that went to OSU, and so I would go down there like once or the twice a month. OSU, absolutely, capital T. Um, and I would go down there as just oh, this is a little fun treat Get on away. a Friday yeah. night. We're gonna go get fucked up. We're gonna do whatever. But I can never like the idea. Like my girlfriend Sam, she went to Ohio University, which okay. is notorious party. It's school, a party school, yeah, big time. It's the little brother, of and just Ohio like State. listening to the stories that she would have of just like or. Just just the timeline of just like we would go to this bar on Tuesday and get really fucked up, and then this bar had schooners that you could get really. I'm um, just like that sounds. Ex- that always just sounded exhausting, dude. That's, to me, that was. I would <clears throat> towards the end of my alcohol. Well, I still have alcoholism, but but towards the end of my drinking, mm-hmm. I would, I would wake up and do like I would have shot. I would have multiple shot glasses for just me. Yeah, because I would pound shots so quickly Damn. that I wanted to have like two or three lined up. This is at a bar or by yourself? No, by myself at home. Oh. And, and at no point you were like, oh, this, this is – No, no, no. I had already been to rehab okay, and stuff. Okay. <laughs> I, had, I had been to rehab, fallen off the wagon. It's like I think like, there's some pretty clear red flags here. <laughs> but even in college, even in college, yeah. I had uh, the original ex-drinking buddy or the original drinking buddy on Dan, Daniel Bearcat, one of my best friends from college. He he and I were the precipice of this podcast like 10 years ago. We're like, we should get drunk and do a podcast called uh-huh. Drinking Buddies. So I had him on the show. And we talked about how his now wife, but girlfriend at the time, would invite me to their house parties because they knew I'd run around and be doing shots with everybody. Like I'd be the hype man. Yeah. So there'd be 10 people there. I'd get everyone to do two shots, but I'm doing a shot with them. So now everyone's done two, but I've done 20. Yeah. And then they would just walk me downstairs to the guest room, close the door, turn on the TV and put my bottle next to the bed. And I would just pass out. So it was clear indications I had a huge problem then. Right, right. But fast forward, yeah, man, like I would get up in the morning and I'd have to do shots in order 
to stop shaking and throwing up to get in my car to drive to work. Wow. Okay. So like that's. That's like ex-cop fucking. That's what you're talking about when you're like, it was like, and even before that in college, it was exhausting to like keep up with like trying to stay in front of getting sick, trying to stay in front of the hangover. Like it became a job. Yeah. Well, and it was also, again, not being raised around alcohol. I didn't like growing up, like when I was like 12 or 13, I would like, I've always loved Ohio State football. Like to this day, it, it, I'm wrecked for a day if they lose. Like it's a problem. That's how Um, my family is. Everyone in my family went to Kent State, but they root for Ohio State. (sighs) Big, it's a problem. So, but growing up, I was, these are the guys were my fucking idols. Yeah. I loved them. And then you would see kids, it was like, it's the Midwest in November and we're playing Michigan and there's kids there that are like basically naked, just like fucking with their shirts painted, their chest painted and swinging their, and I'm like, these kids are crazy. And then looking Wasted. back, it's like, they're hammered. They're like, they are gone. And it's like, well, yeah, then you, cause after you've been fucked up, you're like, oh, I don't feel anything. Yeah. Like I'm not cold. It's so weird that you grew up in a, you were sheltered to the point where it's like, man, those guys really like the team. They love football. It's like those guys don't know what planet they're on. They're rooting for Michigan right now. They have no idea what's no going idea. on. So uh, how did the fight night thing happen in college? Dude, fight nights were great. So Loved you, fight nights. You sent me a kind of an extensive list about fight night. Yeah, baby. And I just wrote down fight night in college. So you're not drinking at this time. No, not really. So this isn't like a drunken, we're all going to get hammered and kind of wrestle. No. So this was a annual event where we would have, we had fight, a big fight. We'd have like, if it was just all the guys, we would just like fuck around sometimes and just, but. Uh, gloves? No gloves? No, it depended. Everybody made, every every fight, everybody made their own rules. Okay. That, every fight was individual. Um, But one night a year. This is what happens when you take alcohol out of universities. <laughs> yeah. People are going to find a way to have fun. Yeah. And violence. Like, you don't need it. Public service announcement for alcohol in schools. Absolutely. Um, that's not true though, because we used to get drunk and fucking wrestle each other. All of the course, time. yeah, that's a little bit more fun and a little gay. Uh, <laughs> what's gonna happen? A little gay. Uh, um, no, so we got. It was one night a year. There was a big, the like the last second to last week of school. There was like a big party the like the weekend before like finals. Like yeah. that was the big block party. Um, and so every night there would be a big party over in one section of the the school. Um, and so now are these sanctioned by the school fight night or the big party? No, the big party. Big party was sanctioned by the school. Okay, fight night, totally not. Yeah, uh, they were not into that. Um, so was it about like, liability is or it, <laughs> is it just like a mixer? Like everyone's drinking sodas and hanging out or the party? Like, yeah. The official thing, yes. Okay. Were people getting fucked up in their apartments and then going to the thing? You betcha. Okay, I was gonna say because it doesn't matter how. How sheltered or religious or whatever the school is, there are going to be people that are getting fucked oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, no, the funny thing was, is I I was all full. People do whatever. You do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Yeah. But the thing that did f- not frustrate me, but it was kind of like, are you serious? Where people would get annoyed that they would be like, can you not, can you believe we can't fucking drink here? I'm like, yeah, dude, they've advertised that from the first day. Yeah. Like they, this, they didn't like spring this on you after you signed a contract. Like this is, it says God every By 20 the- feet. <laughs> Like, we're not, like, what are you talking about, dude? Of course you're not going to be able to get fucked up and get a blowjob. Like, what are you doing, dude? This is, this, it's not, that, it always just kind of bothered me of just like, yeah, of course we can. What are you talking about, dude? Um, That is, it is bananas that we, because I'm the same way. 
where it's like, yeah, do what you want to do, but you're being kind of fucking. If you're here, about this. yeah, then kind of do. If you want to, if you want to go get fucked up, I always advocated for a dry campus because yeah. I get that. If you want to have like a safe space for people to not have to deal with that, or if you have the al- peer pressure, alcohol, of, yeah, sure, yeah. But if you want to go, to, especially if you're 21, especially if it's not breaking the law, you want to go to beat ups, have a couple beers, watch the game. All for it. That was my thing, but that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Um. So every every year they would have a big block party, and so that was the, like, okay, every the attention of everybody on campus is over there. Let's go over to someplace else and have fight night. That was the big thing. Um. So it was under like a lamp post. Number one rule: we don't talk about fight night. Absolutely, but I'm about to for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> um. So the big it was uh you would call people out. Like in the weeks leading up, oh yeah, you would call people. I've like, done roast battles. I'm fighting you, and let's go. And so the biggest one, the the cool, the funnest one was my friend Amarel, who is this tall and like an art major and a woman. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the like, and and she just we were at, at dinner one night and we were just talking about fight night. And it was in a couple weeks, and she's like, "Hey Matt, I'm gonna fight you." And I was like, "Fuck," because that's a no win situation. Because yeah. I can't be like, no. Um, but you also can't be like, yeah, I'm going to beat this lady. You know what Let's I mean? Let's go. Come, I've been waiting this my whole life. Um, so I said yes. <laughs> I said yes that I would do this. But then I kind of made the decision. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hit her. Yeah, just let I her can't, beat you up. Yeah, I'm just going to all defense, all of that. That's It's just going to be a fun thing. Maybe throwing a headbutt or something. Of course. And so our friend Casey, um, who has since lost a lot of weight and looks great, but at the time, pretty big guy he was always the referee to make sure because we you needed the biggest especially between dudes yeah even if you're like hey this is all fun you hit somebody and then it's like then the it adrenaline turns to up. real fighting yeah. real quick trust uh, me i know yeah i got that <laughs> that's right um wrestling we were so, just wrestling around and the next thing i know i'm pulling a knife out carving my face yeah <laughs> i'll fucking kill you just like jesus dude are they, are they did you just read for 300 like what are you doing brennan oh uh, so so she calls me out. Yeah. I agree that we're going to do it. Um, so we night comes. We get there. We, everybody makes their own rules for every fight. Um, so we said that, like, everything was cool, just no shots to my groin and no shots to the face. That was all that we said that we couldn't do. Um, so no shots to the groin, no shots to the face. Go out there. Everybody circled up. Bing. I'm kind of just standing there. Just like, okay, what's going to happen? Within five seconds, she just wham right in like right, right in my in jaw face? right in my jaw just out of nowhere and it was one of those where like it i didn't almost fall over because like i got concussed it was just out of like what the hell yeah just happened said no face yeah like clear that's the, the literally two rules there's you did broke, you call her out were you yeah like, i was like what the fuck dude and then she would just like she she doesn't know how to fight she's just like swinging and so i'm just like doing this doing blocking everything and then after about 30 seconds i'm just like i'm over which this. is a long time in a fight yes dude that Hold on. Let you me get 30 seconds is a long time on stage. When you're in physical hand-to-hand combat, it's forever. Yeah. that's what, and then, then you watch like these war movies and you're like, how are these guys even alive? Yeah. Like, how are they not – whatever. That's another thing. Um, so after about 30 seconds, she's just swinging on blocking things. I'm just like, all right, this is this – I'm is over. over this. And so I literally just – because again, she's five foot nothing. And so I literally just grab her around the waist, put her over my shoulder and say, this is over. And then I body slam. No, I don't body <laughs> Then, well. No, then I literally just like took her and like laid her on the Rock ground. Bottom. And it was basically just like I put her up here and I was like, just know that I could fuck you up right now if I wanted to. And just laid her on there. I was like, this is over. And but that was really fun. That was the, that was the one fight that I had. And then later on that night, uh, my friend Jacob fought my friend Mikey. And Jacob is like uh, 
he's one of he's a white guy that loves karate. You yeah. know any of these guys? Yeah. Um, and so he kind of did karate off and on, taekwondo. Karate. Yeah. Asalam alaikum. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever culture. Namaste. Namaste. Exactly. Um, and so he's just he's fighting um, my friend Mikey. And Is then, he like fighting? Fight like he's they're like, like fighting, fighting. Yeah. But like out of nowhere, he like, like he gets water. real close to him. Like what? And then he just goes, wham! Just like hits like fucking full on headbutt. Throws his he- throws a head at him, and like Mikey just like immediately like fell down. Yeah, because it's just like what the hell? It's eight dude? pounds of uh, yeah, yeah. Just, that was the cra- that was probably the craziest it's moment. Like taking an eight pound dumbbell and smashing someone in the face with it. Yeah, I mean. This is the hardest. Yep. This and your elbow are like the hardest parts of your body. It was insane. He, I think he he had to have gotten a concussion. Had to had have. to have. Um, he kind of stayed down, and then like they they broke that up. Um, and then the other memorable one from that night was um, my friend Colin. Who did he fight? He I think he fought Micah. Whoever Micah got him with like a kick to like Ooh, the right rib, to the liver, and he was just like, oh. and Colin fucking fr- white like skinny white kid, but from Detroit was maybe in a gang, maybe type of thing. Yeah. Like he was a tough kid, so he didn't. He got hit, but he was like, oh, he kept going. Doesn't the, have an off switch. He's like, oh, I yeah, guess I'm gonna keeps going. I guess I'm gonna swing hurt now. Yeah, come come like two weeks later, we're like, where the fuck is Colin at? You haven't seen Colin for two haven't weeks seen Colin that. in two weeks. He comes back to dinner one night, and I'm like, where the fuck have you been? He's like, oh, I was in the hospital. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like, yeah, you know fight night? He's like, I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I lacerated my spleen. And he didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody. Kid doesn't have medical insurance. Don't know how we paid for it. Literally just spent a week straight in the hospital pissing Kool-Aid. Just fucking blood all over. And it was one of those things where I, he told me that it was like there was three grades to a laceration, and... The first two, they can't really do anything about. Like, they're not going to go in and operate on it. It's not worth it. And so he had the second one. So it was really bad. But it's but not bad enough. It's not bad to... enough to cut him open and fix it. So he just literally had to sit in a hospital bed for, like, a week and didn't tell anybody. And we're like, dude. Wow. We thought, I don't even know where I thought you were. Like, I'm no bitch. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody. Exactly. And so that was that was nuts. That's um, insane. And all this was just because. Just because we're cause. fucking, just because. Just cuz. Just cuz. Why not, dude? You're just having a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I broke my friend Jordan's ribs. How did that happen? That was later. That was when, that was post college. That's when we were drinking. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. This is a drunk, so this circle. is a, a drinking one. Um, my friend John used to have these great house parties. This is still in Ohio? Yes. This is in Ohio. This is after I graduated. I'm living in Columbus now. Yeah. John was one of those guys. Um, super personable but also had a lot of different groups of friends yeah like he had his work friends but then he was a cycler so he had those people then he played pickup soccer so he had those friends and he had like 17 different groups of friends so everybody that would come to the he would have like 200 people that would yeah. come to this party and they're all of different and it was a bunch of different things it was really fun like you got to see your friends but then you got to meet some other cool people some creative people it was really fun um and then just out of note like we just decided to have a fight night in the back we're just, bringing it back yeah dude just i mean we you have if after you have enough PBRs. You're like, well, what are we going to do next? This is the next logical step. And so my friend Jordan is fucked up and I'm not as much. And he's like, we should fight. And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're just like, I have such a tactical advantage right now. I'm just going to fuck him up. I see that all the time now being sober because I live on 52nd and 2nd and there's a lot of bars around me. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of times where I'll like walk over to CVS or walk to the smoke shop to get my cigarettes. And as I'm walking, like there's guys like outside of the bar, like yelling at each other and stuff. Or they'll turn to me and be like, what the fuck you looking at? And I'm always like, 
I could probably end your life. Probably just destroy you yeah, right now. Absolutely, because I'm completely sober. I still work out a lot. I could be like, whoop, yeah. Bop, bop. Maybe I'm not a fighter, but yeah. I know kind of what to do. Yeah, I've, and I've, you have no idea where you're at. Yeah. You're, you're wanna... rooting for Michigan. Nailed it. You beat me to it. We were racing to Fucking that. I'm glad. I'm glad that you were there. Um, so we go out in the backyard, and th- that was just. I think. I definitely got him with a kick, but then I think I also, like, picked him up and, like, threw him down. Oh, did you? Like, really. And then he was like, oh, I'm done. But again, he's super fucked up. He doesn't really know. He finds out, like, wakes two, up, like yeah. wakes up and is just like, oh, I can't. I can't breathe. I can't yeah. breathe and I can't lay down on my right side. So, like, I, he was, I think his ribs didn't heal for months. But, uh, yeah. And that a cracked was, rib sucks. Yeah. Because you it, take a deep breath and you're like, Ugh. And it's not like it's all of them. It's just like two. Just, yeah. So they're not going to do anything again. No, you just sit. He's kind of like, okay, well, because you can't cast your abdomen. You like that. So he, yeah, that was, that was. They fun. wrap it and send you on your way. Yeah. It's like having a broken pinky toe. It's just like, well, why are you, why well, are you, it's wa- broken. you're wasting our time. Yeah. Like, well, well it's get broken. out. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I wanted to, uh, we got a few minutes left. I wanted to ask you about the, uh, they stole the iPod. What was that about? So that was, that was early. Yeah, that was seventh, seventh grade. That was seventh grade, dude. Um, so I played, if you can believe it, I played football for those of you just listening. I don't know if this is video, visual as well. If you're, if you're listening, I am five foot eight and barely a buck 40. Like I don't weigh shit. I also played football. If you're listening, six, one, 230 (laughs) That's what someone who plays football should look like. And I look like their younger brother who blogs about how football is part of the patriarchy. Like that's my vibe. Um... So I played football. That is your vibe. Absolutely it is. Absolutely. Dude. I really like The Ringer and Bill Simmons has hired like a lot of these really young like reporters. And I've actually – I've made the mistake of looking some of them up because I really like their content and stuff. Sure. But they're, you know, football analysts. And I'll look some of them up. I'm like, oh, you're 23, like 5'7", like yeah, 120 pounds. Football's being taken over by fucking nerds, dude. I was like, you've never played. You just love watching it. Yeah, which and – I can respect, but then don't tell me about like what you're supposed to do in concussion protocol. Absolutely. My, looking at you, Mike McDaniel. Um, ben Solak. You, you fucking lose. Oh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, played football in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Offensive line. Yeah, you, you did. Left guard, dude. Yeah. Left guard. Um, strong side. Um, I played left guard in uh, high school. Hell yeah, dude. I, yeah, offensive lineman, seventh and eighth grade, special teams, defensive end uh, in freshman Pass year. Pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, also not first str- like I was I was a change of pace guy yeah. I was small and kind of quick yeah yeah, yeah. got That's one sack why. against St. X Fuck the highlight yeah, of my life dude yeah. highlight of my life dude um, did you do and- a dance uh, no, I I fucked. Up. I missed my assignment. Like I went, I went like I went through the I went through the B gap. I was supposed, supposed to go to outside. outside yeah, and like the but the somebody else came from this way, and literally the quarterback just like rolled to try to like get away, ran and right literally into. ran right into. I didn't do anything, and like but like my friends were like, I I was, get up and you're like, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even do that. I was just so so shocked that it happened. I was like, oh my, I don't even know what to do. People were like, my friends were like in my like, fuck yeah, dude, let's go. I'm like, this is the craziest moment in my life. Um, so I did. So saw. Uh, goddamn. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Um, football is winter sport, or fall winter sport. Yeah. Spring, I have gym class, and uh, I had uh, I had a different. We use the same locker room as the football as we did for football. Um, and so I was like, I wonder what's because I still knew the comp. It's a it's a high school or a yeah. junior high. They don't they're not like getting new locks all the time. So I was like, I still know the combination of my gym locker. 
or my football, football locker. Let's yeah. go check in. Like, let's just see what's in there. I open it up, and there's just a green iPod Nano in there with like wrapped with headphones, everything like like a good I like fucking just sitting there for the kids who don't remember. Oh yeah, a color you wanted like a color with the oh dude it was the Nano crisp. Yeah, it was a it was like a it was like a four, roll with it the... was a four gig. Oh, it had the click when you yeah. It was delicious. Um, and so I took it. I I saw it, and in the moment, this makes no sense at all. This is really weird because of your background. Get, get ready for this. In the moment, I distinctly remember opening that up, seeing that iPod, and then having the thought, "Oh, God wanted me to find this." What? A hundred percent. I swear to you. And it's like this is how cults start. This is absolutely where it's just like I have a vision that this is what it's supposed to be and now there's gold plates. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how it starts. And so I took it. It's interesting you say that because it's very easy to cuz I'm fairly religious especially in our circles we travel in with comedy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I you know I got scripture tattooed all over me. I always think that there was something bigger than me working. That's why I survived my alcohol poisoning when I almost died. Oh, damn. Let's like talk about that hospital. later. I'm very interested in that, actually. But I remember coming out of it, and like jokingly, I'd say to people, you know, people would be like, oh, be safe. And I'm like, hey, if God wanted me dead, I'd already be dead. Mm. Like, there were plenty of opportunities. Sure. But it's interesting you say that because that's like an egomaniac yep. way of thinking, like, God spared me so I could bring my comedy yeah. to the masses. <laughs> Absolutely. You're exactly right. That is how cold start. It's just one guy who's just like, oh, yeah, of course. I've of got course. it. Of course. That's why I survived. Not because of the medical attention or because no. my friend was there. It's because God wants me to provide Absolutely. comedy for the masses. And have an iPod. Nano. When I already Green. had an iPod. Uh, you had the old one, though. Yeah. The old. Yeah. And so I, I take it. Right. And, but then I get back to my homeroom. I get back to my uh, the classroom. I take it all the way home on the bus. I listen to it. He has some songs on there that I would never be allowed to have because my parents still had like it was still when you had to buy i buy songs yeah. off of iTunes and they would make they would you check. had to buy the song on iTunes, plug in the iPod, yes. and then load and it up, download it to your iPod. <laughs> that was yeah, it was nuts. Everything cost ninety nine cents. Um, and so he had songs on there that I was never allowed to have, like fucking like Fergalicious by Fergie, and uh, it was crazy. Um, so I was listening to that on the way home. I was feeling really good and then I got home and then I felt really bad then it like immediately when so once I got home I felt like ashamed like I put it like I put it on a uh, an iHome to charge and I just like covered it up because like I didn't want my mom to see I'm it disgusting because she's myself. she she buys she you knows, everything yeah. she'd be like where the fuck whose is that where did you get that from borrowed it from a friend yeah and so I feel really really bad and then I so I go back to school the next day and the next day I just hear through the chitter chatter that um, somebody stole Dan Helton's iPod. And I'm like, oh, who could that be? And it's me. Now, Dan Helton, how t- what what did you say you were? 61230. 61230. Now, imagine you were in eighth grade. At 61230. And had a tattoo, <laughs> and your dad beat you. That was Dan Helton. Oh, you so stole the people, wrong. I, but I had no idea. It's like that scene in Gone in 60 Seconds. Do yes. you know why someone would leave the keys in a car in that yeah. neighborhood? Because no one's dumb enough to yeah. steal it. Dude, I'm watching I'm watching The Sopranos for the first time right now, and there was just an episode where like a guy like saw Tony kill somebody, and then but he didn't know it was Tony, and so he like reports on it, and then like his wife finds out that it was that it, he, the guy that, w- that was dead was associated with the Sopranos and they're like holy fuck holy fuck and that's what I thought I was like I'm gonna die yeah I will I'm uh, this was great I lived 12 awesome years but I'm <laughs> done 
So I luckily had it with me, and so I, I like snuck out. Like I was like, hey, can I go to the bathroom? And I snuck go out, into the locker snuck room. into the locker room, put it back. And then, because uh, he was like, people were like, Dan Helton is gonna like, he punched Murder. a he yeah. punched a locker. Like he like straight out of a sitcom, dented a locker with his fist because he was so pissed that his iPod got stolen. Um, and then we go, I go back, and I don't, I must have, I can't even remember how it happened, but somebody in my gym class must have like said that they saw some people do it because I get called down to the office, um, and there was like two other kids sitting in there, and. He brings us into the office. One, the assistant principal, Mister Weckstein. Fucking hate that guy. Fuck you. Yeah, dude. Shoot, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> no. I'm totally kidding. But this guy did suck. I hated yeah. that that guy. He was one of those where it's like he was just like power, but like you're a seventh grade vice principal, yeah, so you see it all the time. Cool it. It's yeah. It's like um, they want to they control that little world, and that's what they control. Yeah, and that's yeah. Um, and so he brings me in and again, I feel super bad. And I like, as soon as he brings me in, he was like, did you do it? And I was like, yeah. Like, cause I had to come yeah. clean immediately. Cause it was just tearing me up. Um, and he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I did it. He's like, oh, I was convinced it was the other kid. And <laughs> so I'm like, you son of a dude. Bitch. Cause like the other guy, Michael, who went in before me, I was like, okay, so I could have just said, no, I, what are you talking about? I didn't do and it. And he would have gotten busted. Michael, yeah. Um, so I got, I got busted, um, with that. And so I go back to my homeroom or back to my uh, history class. I'm sitting there and I know that I'm fucked, especially with my parents, like because they uh, religious. Yeah, they didn't raise all Ten Commandments, all of that. And so I crucified next to two thieves. Yeah, exactly, dude. But they still I think one of them made it. The other one didn't. Whatever. Um, So I decided I'm going to tell my mom when I get home. Um, immediately, just because you know they're gonna call, yeah, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, oh, yeah. Matthew fucked up at school." Hopefully, you can beat the call. Yeah, exactly. So I go because because that's what you want. You want to look. I was like, okay, I did this. I'm gonna look own like you're it. Doing the right thing, and uh, hopefully, it's all about perception. Exactly. I'm making a plea deal. That's what I'm with my perception parents. and timing. Exactly. And so I go home. I tell her immediately. Literally uh, an hour later, I get the call. Nailed um, it. and miss and I uh, hear. Her, and this is why that guy's such a fucking loser. I, Mr. Wexstein, I hate him. Because he like he calls, he's like, well, Mrs. Bowman, are you aware of what Matthew did at school today? And my mom was like, yeah, he already told me we've had a conversation. And I could hear him like on speakerphone be like, oh. Like he was disappointed. Like he, he wanted to fuck it. me over. Yeah. I'm like, you suck, dude. I hate, I'm going to steal your iPod. <laughs> um, so I got real, I got it. I couldn't leave the house for, like I couldn't leave our yard for a month. Wow. We went to church all the time. Couldn't do anything fun at church. Couldn't go to my own Sunday school class. Had to like, go to my fucking parents' Sunday school class, which is a snooze fest. Had to go. Couldn't go to youth group. Had to sit in normal service with ah. them. Stand. I, I didn't have to hold my dad's hand, but I had to be within arm's length of him at church for a month. I had to read a fucking book about like theft, theft yeah. and being righteous or whatever about going to heaven. What happened with Dan? Oh, I don't think he ever saw me. Like I never, it never came. He got his back. He gave it back. They just decided not to bring it up to him. That'd be a little fucked up if the vice principal was like, "Fight night is back, (laughs) seventh grade edition." Hey, Dan, just so you know, it was this kid, and we're gonna we're gonna all turn our backs for about fifteen. Put you guys in a room, and that's it. No, so he and then I got suspect. I think I had to do like a Saturday school. So I had to come in on like Saturday, two Saturday mornings in a row for like four hours to do that. I had to read a book. I had to, and then I had to write a paper about it. About 
about steel and it had to be like a thousand words or something it was i it was probably the most i've ever gotten in trouble that's in my whole life in seventh grade in seventh grade and i don't think well i've probably stolen some stuff since then but nothing nothing major like that that. but yeah we've got a couple minutes left i wanted to ask you about the um the last story i wanted to ask you about was the epically getting fucked up at the birthday and then trying to take a city bike oh at writer's house dude that was that was like two months ago yeah i figured it was that was that was one of those where you don't realize how fucked up you're getting, and then so what happened? You just go for a party, and you're like, so I don't, so I don't have. This is uh, going to sound like what an alcoholic would say, but I legitimately do not have a drinking problem. Yeah. Like I have the ability to have one beer. Trust me, I I believe you. Yeah, I have the ability. <laughs> the most trouble you've ever gotten in was in seventh grade. <laughs> Ten years before you even touched alcohol, I, dude. My li- I believe you. My life is so fucking sheltered, dude. It's so boring sometimes. Um. But yeah, so we ju- we just go um to the party. Me and Graham Cooper, shouts to Graham, shout out Graham. Um, and I just show up. I just start having a couple beers. I hadn't had a lot to eat, so I had like a couple PBRs that I brought. There was some food there. Had some of that. Um, then people bring around just like it's like some little chocolates, and they're like, "You want one?" I was like, "Sure." And I take like a couple of them, and I was like, "Oh, what was that?" By the way, and it's like, "Oh, those were like those were shrooms." And I was like, "Oh, great! This is gonna, this be, is gonna fun. be fun." But and but shrooms. Got like a half hour to an hour, sometimes 90 minute like timer on it. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just kind of keep drinking, do some shots, whatever. And I don't even realize how fucked up I am. Um, I didn't find out till like like the next morning or a couple days later, like how fucked up I was. Um, Because I kind of get to the point where I'm still like checking my time, checking the time. So you're aware of the shroom situation. Yes, aware of that. I didn't get nobody like spiked it or anything like that. But so no, but I'm saying you you keep checking your phone because you're like, all right, I've got. I've got to get home at some. Well, and I also like it's out in like Bushwick, and it's almost it's almost two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to like I'm. It was one of those where like you can't take a train because it doesn't make sense. It's too late. It's too late, but it's also like navigationally. Like I could either like ride a bike home and it would take ten minutes, or I could take a train and would take forty five. It's like one of those where it doesn't really work. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to try to like I'm gonna take a city bike home because I'm not gonna walk home from Bushwick to Bed Stuy at two thirty in the morning, super fucked up. Like I'm I look like me. I'm gonna get you're gonna get robbed. Get robbed for sure. And so. I just decided to leave probably one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, and it was one of those where Google Maps is such a stupid bitch sometimes, especially in the city where it just, you'll like start walking in a direction, and it was just like, fuck you, you're supposed to go the other way. I was yeah. like, well, then you should have told me that. And now I'm also just like really messed up, and so I go outside, and I start walking in the wrong direction, and then it spins around, and I have like the city bike app open too, because it tells you where the station is, and so I go, and I try to figure it out. And, and then, you're just all fucked up. Yeah, and then I pass by like five people that are just like really looking at and like again, two o'clock in the morning, like, okay, I gotta just look down. Focus, focus. Focus. Here we go. And then there's like two electric city bikes, which is like the new ones, like the gray yeah. ones that go like twenty miles an hour. And it was one of those where like you get it out and you have to scan it, but it doesn't scan. Like it, it didn't it scan takes for like, like a picture. Three yeah. or like I, it didn't work for like three or four times. And I that's like the most vulnerable. Because you're not – you're focusing on this. Anybody can come up from behind you. So I'm yeah. like checking around. Is anybody coming? And so I finally was able to get it. Dude, I felt like a goddamn time traveler. <laughs> like, you know, like when in Star Wars when they fucking have yeah. – when they go to light speed. Yep. Boom. Like I could have been in Boston by the time I was done. Like I had no idea what happened. Thank God I somehow <laughs> – I docked it somehow. Punch it, Chewie. 
Let's go! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the reverse power coupling or whatever. I, I, I somehow was able to, luckily was able to dock it, had the presence of mind to be able to dock it. Because that's $1,000 they'll charge you. I think it was like $1,500. I think Nikhil, like my my friend Nikhil, I don't know if you know him, he got, uh, he's not, they kicked him off. He's not allowed to use the city bike app anymore and it cost him $1,500. Jesus. Yeah, so... I'm super glad that I was able to do that. There are some people when I go downtown to work, sometimes we'll, I'll, I'll bike or like coworkers will bike mm-hmm. and they'll go to dock their bike because it's, it's near Union Square. And like people will come up and be like, no, nah, man, I dock the bikes here. Like I'll dock it. And they're like, the fuck you No, will. you like, will not. Yeah. What are you talking about? Because they just want to take the bike and then steal it. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you got to make sure you got to dock it. See the green make light. Sure it locks. See the green light, and also make sure you get the you notification on, the on your phone. Yeah. Okay, we're good to go. And then I got out of there. But yeah, dude. And then I got. I woke up the next morning. Uh, I, I oddly wasn't that hungover. It's the mushrooms. Yeah, uh, but it was one of those where you feel like you cheated life, where you're like, I got fucked up, and I feel great yeah. this morning. Um, no consequences. I've had a couple of those. Yeah. And so, like, I go to Mike's, I go to everything, and uh, Ryder was just like, hey, you were you were pretty fucked up last night, right? And I was like, yeah, I guess, but dude, I like, I took a city bike home. He's like, you did what? <laughs> you took a city bike home? He's like, yeah, one of the electric ones. He's like, you should be dead, dude. Because <laughs> that's like driving a, like. That's driving a motorcycle. That's driving a motorcycle. Yeah. Like a vehicle. Yeah. Like, if a cop saw me, I was definitely breaking the law. Oh, yeah. Like, a hundred percent. Well, you get a DUI on a regular bike. Absolutely. Let alone a. Yeah. And, but it was still one of those where, like, I still had, you ever been, Yes. I'm not condoning this behavior at all, but do you ever get where you're, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're fucked up, but because you know you're fucked up and you have to drive, you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to really follow the law. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 10 and 2, full stop, look left, look look right. right. There we go. Like, I'm driving like a fucking grandma just trying to do, and dude. Dude, that's awesome. It was really fun. Well, thank you again for coming Dude, on, Dude, thank man. you so much, man. Plug everything one more time into the camera. Uh, yeah, Matt Bowman uh, Comedy on Instagram, Matt Bowman Comedy on TikTok, Matt Bowman Comedy on YouTube. I got shows at the Grizzly Pair, Three Monkeys All the Time. My podcast, Matt Bowman is Bothered, uh, is out wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, and fucking listen to this podcast. It's Beautiful. great. We'll pl- I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. One Man Show is still on for January, so check that out. And BrennanTComedy.com for all the upcoming dates. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Dude, that was fun. Yeah, man. I love it.